Entrepreneur on Fire, episode 86. Welcome to EntrepreneurOnFire.com, where remarkable entrepreneurs share their inspiring story. Let their journey illuminate your path to success. And now, your host, John Dumas. Fire Nation, have you ever thought that you'd like to start a podcast but don't have the time, knowledge, or skills? All you need to do is record an MP3, send it to my team, and we do the rest. Visit www.podplatform.com to find out more. Okay, let's get started. I am simply exhilarated to introduce my guest today, Chris Ducker. Chris, are you prepared to ignite? I am ready, my man. In fact, I'm already 50% ignited already. (laughs) I love it. Chris began his career in the sales and marketing industry back in his hometown of London, England. In 2000, he uprooted himself, moved to the Philippines where he has resided ever since. In 2010, he started another outsourcing-based company, Virtual Staff Finder, which focuses on matchmaking busy entrepreneurs with high-quality, home-based virtual assistants in the Philippines. I've given Fire Nation a little overview, Chris, but why don't you take it from here? Tell us a little bit about you personally. We want to get to know you and then launch into what you do with your business. Sure. Rock and roll. Well, um, okay. Well, I mean, you pretty give, you give a pretty good uh, background there in terms of how I you know, sort of uh, came to be where I am now here in the Philippines. It's 12 and a half years. Um, you know, and yeah, you know, it's, I'm a sales and marketing guy, man. That's what it is. I don't try and sugarcoat it. I'm a sales guy. It is what it is. Um, but, uh, you know, for me personally, you know, it's really been the last six years where I have really, um, kind of put my foot down on the gas and gone big time on the entrepreneurial side of things. Uh, I guess we'll, we'll, we'll get into more of the story behind there, but, uh, yeah, ultimately, you know, I'm, I'm, I'm all about leveraging time and helping people with, uh, you know, outsourcing and things like that. But at the end of the day, man, you know, I'm just a hardcore hustling entrepreneur, just like all of us out there. And that's, you know, that's really what it comes down to. I love that, Chris. And we're definitely going to delve more into that later. So a little teaser for the rest of the audience that are listening closely right now. And we'll use that to transition to our first real topic, which is our success quote, because Entrepreneur on Fire, we're all about getting the motivational ball rolling. We want to get people pumped up for this awesome content that you're going to be sharing with us, Chris. So what do you have for us, Fire Nation? Okay, so this is something that was left on the back of a business card by my father and uh, scotch tape to my bedroom wall, uh, or bedroom door rather, when I was 16 and failing my exams terribly by not studying and, and, and spending too much time playing basketball and flirting with girls. And I came back one day and there was one of his business cards taped onto my door and on the back of it he had written, the way to be nothing is to do nothing. So I wasn't, you know, I, to this day I have no idea where he got that from. I'm sure it wasn't from him personally. Uh, he was a smart guy, but I don't think he was that smart to come up with something as poetic. Um, <laughs> but it, it certainly got me off my, off my backside, that's for damn sure. And, uh, you know, from that moment onwards, I, I really kind of knuckled down. And I did have to retake some of my exams that I'd already taken and failed horribly in the next year. But everything that I really kind of uh, put my you know, put my mindset to and really focused on, um, you know, studying for, for the, 
you know, the, the rest of the exams that are out there. So that that really is my big success quote. And, and, you know, if you think about it logically, if you do do nothing, if you do just sit around waiting for something that, to drop into your lap, the chances of it actually happening are pretty damn slim. So, you know, it, that's really what it comes down to is the way to be nothing is to do nothing. I love that quote. And you obviously applied that back in the year 2000, which before we delve into the next topic, let's just sit here and talk for one second, Chris, about your decision to move from London, England to the Philippines. Give us a little bit of the background, then the actual move, and then the reasonings behind it. Well, I had gone through a couple of personal um, changes in my life. My first marriage had broken down uh, my mother had passed away in the late 90s and you know I was at a place I guess personally uh, where I was just wanting a little bit of a change of scenery above and beyond everything else and I uh, got offered an opportunity to come and work over here in the Philippines um, training a very large uh, telemarketing section for uh, one of the banks here and uh, you know I kind of just took the opportunity by, by the horn so to speak and came over it was a one-year contract uh, which then got renewed, and then I ended up getting poached by a rival bank locally to do exactly the same thing for them, uh, and uh, you know went went from one sort of consultation role to another for the first sort of four or five years of being in the country. But yeah, it was it really came about more than anything else, John. It, it came about from a personal uh, you know circumstance and wanting to sort of I guess kind of start again a little bit. Uh, and I'm glad I made the move because I wouldn't be where I am now today if if I hadn't have done so. Absolutely. And most of us find ourselves in that situation at some point in our lives. And I really just commend you for one, taking the action and two, for being able to, because sometimes for whatever reason, we're not always able to pull that trigger. So you made the move, the results show themselves. So congratulations on that, Chris. I love to see that kind of entrepreneurial spirit. And we'll use that as we continue on and talk about your journey as an entrepreneur. At Entrepreneur on Fire, we really like to talk about the failures or the obstacles or the challenges that all entrepreneurs face every single day. But again, this is about your journey. So let's go back to a time when you really faced a major challenge or had a real tough obstacle that you had to overcome and take us through that and how you actually did overcome that obstacle. Sure. Well, we had been in business. So I, I started my company in uh, uh, early 2008. Um, and we had been in business for about three months or so. We were just working with one client at the time, and it was on a performance basis, but I figured that we could do the job really, really well, and we did do the job really, really well. Um, but that client ended up kind of screwing us over by not paying us on all of the work uh, on a biweekly basis that we had done for them. So we shut out all this money. We weren't getting paid back on it properly. We knew they were screwing us over. Uh, we were recalling a lot of the work and checking it out and things like that. And so, you know, after what, three and a half or four months or so of starting the company, investing close to about 80,000 US into starting the company and getting it up and running, um, we were almost bankrupt we had about we had enough money for like two more payrolls with our 15 odd staff at the time didn't sleep that night and stayed up um in front of a whiteboard uh trying to figure out how i was going to get out of this and the only way to, to to really be able to do it was to fundamentally fire the client my only client put all of my staff on hold for a couple of uh a couple of weeks and to do 
you know, kind of what I did best all those years ago back in London, and that was to pick up the telephone and cold call. And that's exactly what I did. I was calling small to medium-sized businesses all over the U.S. and the U.K., um, offering our, uh, you know, our, our outsourced uh, calling services. And, um, you know, in a couple of weeks, I'd already closed sort of, you know, five to ten seats worth of business. And uh, I continued to do that um, pretty regularly for the next sort of four to five months or so until we were at a nice number again. And then those accounts obviously started growing quite naturally. And here we are five odd years almost later and we've got almost 300 staff. So it, it, was, uh, it, it was an interesting time. It was a lot of hard work, a lot of sleepless nights, but ultimately it led us to, to still stay in business. But it was a tough one. And like I said, the only way to really get over it was to fire the client, which was our one and only client at the time. So it was really grabbing the bull by the horns and just saying, you know what, if I don't do this now, we're not going to be in business anyway. So it was a complete pivot in, in regards to the way that we, uh, you know, charged for our businesses, looked for our clients and everything. So it was, it was a scary time, but we got through it. Definitely got through it, Chris. And if you could just pull out one clear lesson that you experienced from that, that you really walked away from, that you've applied to the rest of your entrepreneurial journey, what would that be? Without a doubt, the biggest thing, biggest lesson I learned in that whole situation was not to put all my eggs in one basket and to, you know, try and diversify my income as much as possible. I love it. Chris, let's go to the other end of the spectrum now. You've been very generous. You share with us a challenge, a failure that you encountered and how you overcame that and you pivoted and you just created what you have today. And it's very inspiring to behold. But we also have that other end of the spectrum, which is the aha moment, which is when that light bulb just comes on and you just have this moment when you just realize, wow, this is going to resonate so well with such a large audience or customer base out there. Tell us about that aha moment and how you've actually utilized that mentality in your business career. Okay. So the aha moment was at 35,000 feet coming back from Miami, Florida to the Philippines. I had been... Uh, working pretty much exclusively as a consultant for a um, supplement company based over in Florida. And I'd been with them for about a year and a half or so, and I was making a, a hell of a lot of money with them and for them. And I'd spent an entire month in Miami working directly with the owner of the business, who happened to also be the most micromanaging pain in the butt you could potentially ever think about working for. And, uh, you know, to the point where he had to receive a copy of all of my emails. He had to be BCC'd into all my emails. He would set up meetings face-to-face -face when I was in town uh, and then control the entire meetings and have me sitting there like a complete lemon. So, it, it, you know, it, it really, I was on my way back on that flight and I said to myself, why the hell am I doing this? Why am I helping this guy make all this money to be treated literally like a second-rate employee because that's not what I was in my mind anyway. And that was the aha moment. That was the moment when I said halfway back to, to Asia, I said to myself, I'm not going to work for anybody anymore. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna, I'm gonna to start my own thing. So that was the aha moment of me wanting to become and knowing that I should have become an entrepreneur already uh, in my life, but I hadn't done so. That, that was the real light bulb moment for me. And the moment I touched down, uh, my wife picked me up from the airport and you know I said to her I'm done I'm, I'm quitting I'm gonna send my resignation letter to this guy tomorrow 
and uh, you and I are going to start looking for an office. It's exactly what happened. So I think, you know, what I, I, I think what I got out of that more than anything else, not just in terms of the entrepreneurial lifestyle that I've been able to obviously, you know, create for myself and my family, but I think what I got out of that is, you know, a little bit of Richard Branson's kind of screw it, let's do it mentality. Yes. You know, you have that idea and you feel it and you just know that it's going to work and you just know you have to do it and you can't sit on your hands any longer. And, and that it's still something that I, I follow right now. I mean, you know, everything else that I've done since then, I've, you know, I've, I've, I've done with that kind of screw it, let's do it mentality. And so far, so good. <laughs> Love it. It's obviously been so far so good. And Chris, I'm still just not quite done here, though. Take us on an abbreviated journey of after you touched down, you made this declaration to your wife, you sent in your resignation letter, you got your office space or just sat down and you started game planning right. with your wife. Take us through that process. I'd been in the Philippines for a long time up until that point, uh, you know, almost eight years. And uh, in fact, yes, just over eight years. And um, I had seen the outsourcing industry and the call center industry boom quite heavily within that time, particularly sort of 2003 upwards. I'd been employed uh, as a consultant or hired as a consultant by a number of smaller to medium-sized call centers um, within that time as well to help them set up and staff and recruit and train and do all those sort of types of things as well. So it was a natural idea for me. It was a natural progression for me that I needed to take because I knew what was needed. I had the contacts locally. It was a business that I could get up and running relatively quickly in regards to operations and you know that sort of type of thing, logistics and all that. The toughest part for me was finding the right kind of clients and we struggled like I said at first with that but uh, after a while you start to gain some momentum and it just becomes a little bit easier, you know? Absolutely. Thank you for sharing that ground level with us. That is what's so valuable to the listeners is to actually hear how you go through these processes. On that note, Chris, have you had an I've made it moment? You know, I've been really blessed the last four or five years or so, and it's it's got to the point where, uh, you know, I've I've you know been able to, um, you know, have many wins, if you want to call it that. Um, what I've I think there's really been one moment that I've really cherished above and beyond everything else, and that was hitting my 100th employee. Um, the day I hired my 100th employee, I went out and bought my dream watch to uh, celebrate and, and kind of give myself a pat on the back. So that was, uh, you know, that was like, you know, not because I was getting my dream watch, but because I'd got to the point of hiring, you know, 100 people. And, and that, you know, I don't look at them as just as employees. I also look at the, you know, I, I, I tend to look at things as if I'm supporting 100 families by giving that opportunity away as well. So, uh, yeah, that was my kind of big I've made it moment, I think, in, in terms of my entrepreneurial career thus far. That's a great I've made it moment, Chris. And I'm really just glad that you gave yourself that because it's so important as entrepreneurs that we're enjoying the journey because it's so easy to get caught up in setting a goal and reaching that goal and then setting that next goal even higher and just continuing to drive forward and really lose focus of what's important. And that is that this is a journey that we're on. We need to enjoy our lives because this is the lives that we've chosen. So Absolutely. You're Absolutely. giving yourself these milestones, you're reaching them, you're rewarding yourself, you're patting yourself on the back. That is so good. That's such a good lesson for all of us to take away from that. And I just, I really do commend you, Chris, for enjoying the journey. 
So Chris, you have so many exciting things going on right now in your business, in your multitude of businesses. If you could just pick out one thing that's really exciting you about what you're doing right now, what would that be? You know, it's the space in general. Um, it, it, it's, you know, we, you know, my, my corporation, Live to Sell, is, you know, it, it kind of almost looks after itself nowadays. I don't really have a lot to do with the day-to-day operations of that business anymore. Um, and for me, so my, my major focuses now are Virtual Starfinder, which is the second business that I started in 2010. It's my blog, chrisducker.com, and, and I just I, I love that. That's new to me, and I thoroughly enjoy everything that I'm doing there. And I'm also starting a new business, which is the first co-working space here in Cebu. So we're bringing a little bit of Silicon Valley to the Philippines as well, uh, providing a space for entrepreneurs and startups to sort of get together and collaborate together and stuff like that. But for me, I, I think it's just the space. It's that overall space. We've positioned ourselves so well so just more and more people are just turning themselves um, onto the idea of working with VAs as well. And yeah, you got books like Four Hour Work Week and stuff, which certainly help that as well. Um, but I think just in general, entrepreneurs in general, we're just at this time in our in in our our, our existence. Uh, you know, it, it's the 21st century, man. I mean, this is where, this is where everything's going to happen. Uh, and I think what happens in the next 20, 30 years is going to spearhead Western civilization for the next, you know, two, three hundred years probably. So it's just an exciting time. This The space in general is just awesome. I'm so excited about it. I couldn't agree more, Chris. And speaking of exciting times, I did hear a rumor, speaking of chrisducker.com, your blog, mm-hmm. that you're starting a podcast. I am. I'm getting back behind the mic or I'm getting yes. back in the saddle, whatever you want to say. <laughs> <laughs> it's been a while, man. It's, you know, when I, when I, you know, when I closed, um, when I closed down Virtual Business Lifestyle, which was my first blog, which I started at the beginning of 2010, um, I never anticipated actually when I started that thing that I was even going to develop a podcast, and then I did it. Uh, and it, you know, we we ran 50 episodes. It was very successful. Had some great guests on the show. Um, learned a lot. Uh, and to be very frank with you, I started it purely for selfish reasons because I wanted to speak to all these people that I you know, wanted to learn from and I didn't want to have to pay them for consulting fees and stuff like that. So <laughs> it was like, this is a great way to play on people's egos and get some free business chops out of it as well. So it, it, it kind of, it was great and I thoroughly enjoyed uh, podcasting. It was just such a great avenue and I know you're experiencing a bucket load of success yourself with Entrepreneur on Fire as well. So it's, you know, very humbling for me to be, uh, you know, part of that guest list that you're building as well. But I think, you know, the podcast for me is something I'm really, really, really excited about doing. And I also have plans to uh, potentially set up some sort of a web TV show going in the next year as well. But for me right now, the the focus is going to be on on the podcast for the remainder of the year and really just uh, trying to crank out as many great guests as I can, just like yourself. Well, I'm excited for you, Chris. I have no doubt that you're going to be wildly successful in your podcasting ventures. It's just even such a different landscape than what you were experiencing back when you had yours in the 2010 era because the explosion of smartphones, everybody has one in their hand right now. You have iTunes 
who have just made a separate podcasting app. So now podcasting is out on its own, exposed right there for everybody to grasp onto. Stitcher Radio came out of nowhere, and now they're going to be in the dash of every single 2013 car that rolls off the lot. So pretty soon you're going to be able to turn to your Chris Ducker podcast station and just hear yourself that easily without having to download and sync up. I mean, this is where the future is going. It's going to be everybody's on-demand, free, amazing, targeted content for that niche that you choose. So as you can see, I'm super passionate about it. I can't wait for people like yourself with the quality, experience, and knowledge that you have to join us in this. And I just have a great personal vision for the future. On that note, Chris, share with us a little bit of a vision that you have for your future. Um, Well, I think really what I want to sort of try and focus on now going forward is just on creating a bit of a one-stop shop uh, for entrepreneurs, for business owners that want to learn how to market and grow their businesses in today's economy. Um, because you know, I, I do a lot of speaking, particularly the last couple of years. My speaking career has really done very well internationally. And the one thing that I've seen that there's two very unique groups of entrepreneurs out there. On one hand, you've got the uh, kind of younger, very tech savvy, you know, they know what a tweet is, uh, you know, they get the idea of podcasts and blogging and social media and all that stuff, but they have no real business chops. They've got no real business experience under their belt. Um, and then on the other hand, you've got some very, very successful business owners, some millionaires that are maybe, you know, borderline baby boomer type of age group. Um, they want to continue growing their businesses. They, they you know, they're, they're still very active with what they're doing in the growth and the marketing in their business. But they've hit this brick wall because times have changed over the last 10 years particularly. And the way that we market and grow our businesses has changed along with those times as well. So they've hit this brick wall where they're successful. They've done a great deal of business in their life already, but nowadays they're struggling with learning how to you know, market and manage and, and, and grow these businesses in the 21st century. So that's really is, is, is my plan of attack now going forward is you know, everything from working with virtual staff, obviously, right the way through to marketing uh, and, and you know, building up support networks and automation and all that sort of stuff. For me, that's really the passion going forward is to just try and help as many people as I can with all that stuff. That's an exciting vision, Chris. I am totally on board with you. I just look forward to the melding of the two age groups and understanding of everything technology-wise. And a lot of good things are going to come out. You're right. The next 20 and 30 years are pivotal. On that note, Chris, we've now reached my favorite part of the show, which is the lightning round. This is where I get to ask you a series of amazing questions. You come back with mind-blowing answers. Does that sound like a plan? You, you didn't tell me about anything to do with mind-blowing, right? <laughs> <laughs> Putting you, you on the spot. balance here, you sneaky so-and-so. I'll do my best, <laughs> I promise. Oh, I love the so-and-so part. You're keeping this clean for me. Thank you. <laughs> well, this is your podcast. On mine, I wouldn't be doing it. <laughs> <laughs> I love it. I'm going to remember that when I'm on. Right. <laughs> so, Chris, what was holding you back from becoming an entrepreneur? Easy. Fear of failure. I was a young dad. Um, I was worried about not making the money to be able to provide for my family. Plain and simple. Simple as that. 
what is the best business advice you ever received? It was a 55-year-old friend of mine uh, who's a multi-millionaire, very successful, owns five or six businesses, still now works no more than an hour or two a day at this present moment in time. But he said to me, work 12 hours a day, seven days a week, you know, uh, 365 days a year for five years, and you'll be a millionaire. And I said, well, that's great. You know, I'm all up for the millionaire thing, but I'm not working like that. <laughs> that's incredible. <laughs> but we joked at the time because, you know, that's what he needed to do back in his 30s when he started his businesses. And I said, well, times have changed, man. You know, we've got these guys, you know, that are called virtual assistants that can help us out with that stuff now. So, yeah, that was really the best part. And, and you know, it really comes down to, it doesn't matter exactly how many hours you put in, but it's the hustle. You got to hustle, man. You got to hustle. You got to go after it. Every day I go after it. I wake up and I go after it immediately and I don't stop until I'm done every day. I'm with you, Chris. I'm all about the hustle. Yeah, got to be. What's something that's working for you or your business right now? Content marketing. Um, times have changed. You know, we used to do a lot of SEO. We don't do any SEO at all now. Uh, we're all about creating original content, repurposing it, marketing it. Um, and then the flip side of that coin is then building relationships uh, with our prospective and our existing client bases instead of trying to pitch them or just sell products or services to them. Uh, they're the two things that, we, that we're really enjoying right now and we're going to continue to focus on. So Chris, I'm actually going to craft this next question specifically to you because I get emailed quite often, how do you do it all as just one person? And of course, then I bring up virtual assistants and I talk about virtual staff on and my great experience with it. And a continuous question that comes right back to me is, well, how do I know if and when they're working? Which is just an obvious question that everybody just seems to have. For me, I just have an amazing relationship with my virtual assistants. We just stay in great touch throughout the course of every single day. But for people that really, that that's stopping them from moving forward, do you have an internet resource or a tool that you recommend, like a time doctor, something along those lines that you found has been very effective in managing virtual assistant slash employer relationships? Uh, no, I don't actually. I, I, my, my stance on those kind of, you know, time tracking, screenshot taking type of, uh, you know, software is they're, they're detrimental to a virtual working relationship, particularly between a boss and a VA. Um, nobody likes to be spied on. And by doing things like that, you are fundamentally becoming a virtual vulture. You know what I mean? Um, and, you know, I, I, I think, you know, in terms of working with virtual assistants and making sure that they're remaining productive and that they're on the ball, I don't think that's the way to do it. Um, and I know for a fact that they bloody hate it. They really, really, really hate it. And I've, I've met, trained and worked with hundreds of VAs over the last few years uh, alone. Um, and I know they really, really dislike it. But... There is one type of tool that I think every person should be working with when it comes to day-to-day -day, uh, you know, operations or day-to-day -day interactions with their VAs, and that's some kind of project management system, whether it be something like Basecamp or Huddle or whatever the case may be, something that is going to take you away from the inbox going to take you away from the Skype chats because that just slows down productivity for both parties throughout the course of the day. Um, I don't know about you. I hate email. I, I do have to spend a certain amount of time every day 
in email. Um, I think we all do, right, in this day and age. But if there's anything I can do to break my email down and to get less of it, I'll do it. And working with a project management system uh, really does allow everything to be sort of kept in one place in terms of messages and tasks and deadlines and all that sort of stuff. Um, and I always say one of the one of the worst things to do with your inbox is to use it as a to-do list. So you get all that stuff out and you use a project management system with your VAs and that will, you know, that will cause a massive amount of productivity between the two parties. I couldn't agree more. I'm so glad to have gotten this answer from the virtual staff finder master himself, Chris Ducker, because that is the advice that I always give. And I even take it kind of one step further and just really tell people that, listen, I make my VAs feel like they're part of my team. It's not myself, the founder of Entrepreneur on Fire. It's us. We are Entrepreneur on Fire. This is our brand. Together, we're going to grow this company. I give them a lot of responsibility. I was a military officer for eight years, so I really realized how important and how people react to responsibility that's being given to them and how they've reacted to that added responsibility has just been phenomenal. And it's really just made them take ownership for what they do and they take pride in it now. And that is always my suggestion. And I'm really glad to hear that I'm not doing something completely wrong here. No, no, you're right. And and I, I can tell you something right now. You're doing something that a lot of people don't do in regards to, you know, fermenting and growing and, and taking that relationship so important, you know, and, and so seriously. Uh, because, you know, Filipinos particularly, and obviously with Virtual Starfinder, we focus on the Philippine market. But with Filipinos particularly, they're very, very family orientated. And um, if you can create that family environment or that family feeling within that working environment, then you're really off to the races with your, with your Filipino VAs. So you're, you're doing some good things, John. I don't think you've got too much to worry about. Awesome. Chris, I keep talking about this, but we'll move on to the next question. <laughs> what is your favorite business book? Good God, that's a tough one. Most favorite of all time business book. I think The Art of the Deal by Donald Trump. You know, that's what business is. Business is just one long, never-ending deal and never-ending negotiation, regardless of what way you, you look at it. And it's an old book. It, it, I'm sure you could probably come up with something way better now if you was to sit down and, and actually, you know, really write a book properly um, instead of just dictating them, which is obviously what he's been doing for the last 10 years or whatever. <laughs> but I think, I think the art of the deal for me, from, an, from a real true blue entrepreneurial standpoint is just a great, great, great book. Um, another book actually more recently that I read that I really thoroughly enjoyed was The $100 Startup by Chris Guillebeau. Um, what I enjoyed about that was those great stories, great people, you know, real life stories, uh, very inspiring. And just the book in general is brilliantly crafted and put together from one chapter to another. So, uh, yeah, there's a couple of books you can put on your reading list if you haven't already read them. Awesome, Chris. Thank you for that. This is the last question, and it's my favorite, Chris, so you can take your time and digest it because it is kind of a tricky one. If you woke up tomorrow morning in a brand new world, identical to Earth, but you knew nobody, you still have all the experience and knowledge that you currently have right now, but only $500, a laptop with internet access, and your food and shelter has been taken care of. What would you do in the next seven days? Start a blog and start creating content to help people, solve a problem for people. Um, I think that's the way we're going. I think, uh, I think we're back in the 50s, the 40s, the 30s already. I think 
people don't want to do business with brands anymore. Uh, I think people want to do business with people. Um, and I think that we're more likely to walk three blocks and pay Bob the Baker, you know, more money uh, because we know Bob and his family and we know what he's all about. Uh, rather than walk another couple of blocks and get that, you know, loaf of bread, f you know, from, from a, a large supermarket chain at, you know, 25% less. I, I think we're at that time now where it's all about the P2P, not B2B or B2C. I love that, Chris. That's just a, a phenomenal insight. And you've just given us incredible insights throughout this entire interview. You've been so generous with your time with Fire Nation, with our listeners, and we salute you for that. Give us one parting piece of guidance, then give yourself a plug, and then we'll say goodbye. A lot of people ask me, particularly in interviews, I ask if you could go back and do one thing differently, what would you do? Um, and for me, as more of a traditional kind of brick and mortar kind of business owner before, I would have got online. I would have got active online a lot sooner. Uh, it didn't happen for me until 2010. Even though I'd been running my own business since 2008, and I'd been active in terms of using the internet for years and years and years, but I, I definitely would have built up my my personal brand. I would have got more active online, networked more online, and just become known a little bit more in the online space a lot sooner. So that's really my my one uh, you know real kind of closing tip is to go ahead and just you know if you even if you're just thinking about it, you've got to just do it. Just start a blog, start a podcast, start a YouTube channel, whatever it is. Just get active online and get your name out there a little bit because it's becoming more and more important for us to be in that kind of realm nowadays as, as entrepreneurs. Um, and that's really my, kind of like my closing tip there, to be honest with you, John. Uh, in, in terms of the plug, you know, it's, it's all about chrisducker.com and virtualstarfinder.com. Simple as that. Chris, thank you again. Keep that fire burning. And we'll catch you on the flip side. It's burning, baby. It's burning. Don't worry. Okay, Fire Nation. Are you inspired enough to start your entrepreneurial journey? You need to begin with a platform. And your platform is your website. I've created a video that will take you through the process of buying your domain, installing WordPress, and creating your first post all in under seven minutes. Visit entrepreneuronfire.com slash blue to find out how to access this great video and take your entrepreneurial leap today. Thank you for joining us at entrepreneuronfire.com, your daily dose of inspiration. Prepare to ignite.